Hey guys and gals, welcome to Squatch Talk. I'm Pat, and tonight we're gonna have a little discussion about uh, what might be it might be a little controversial, but that's okay. Um, about missing four and one and uh, David Politis, uh, because later on this evening there will be a um, a, a debate on a uh, on a YouTube channel. Uh, not associated with me, so I have nothing to do with this uh, debate whatsoever. Um, I just wanted to do a little uh, sort of a, a, a pre-show leading up to it to discuss it a little bit. And uh, it will be about the missing 411. And I'm kind of fascinated to see what the debate will be about because I, uh, me personally, and uh, we'll I'll pass it on here in a minute, but uh, me personally, I've kind of suspected that there's been a false narrative put to a lot of these stories, which, of course, are about, you know, like people's demise, um, which is not cool. If you're going to put a false narrative to somebody who died, basically, um, mm. that's, that's not honoring them very well. But I, I just I. I I've thought that and I've seen some examples where that was the case, where context was left out of the discussion to, uh, again, just to create a narrative and, and sort of focus narrative in one direction. Um, and so I, I'm fascinated to, to see this debate tonight. Like, I can't wait till it comes on. I, I hope it doesn't disappoint me. Um, but uh, but just wanted to kind of talk about it um, before it happens here. And so tonight I have with me uh, my good friend Daniel Benoit and uh, Steve. And uh, welcome, guys. How's everybody doing tonight? Oh, pretty good. Very good. Yeah, good and relaxed at the moment. Yes. The baby's yes. asleep. <laughs> yeah. Fri yeah, man. Friday night, baby's asleep. Pop open <laughs> a brisky. Here we go. What would I be doing but watching YouTube videos? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So so yeah, I mean, let's let's get right into it, man. We've uh got, you know, uh, again, this is uh this is sort of a new thing to me with uh I it, anybody like criticizing um David Politis uh Politis, sorry. I screw that up constantly. David Politis. Oh. I always want to say Pilates. Um, well, you should hear the way Nikki Cologne pronounces it, Politis. <laughs> right, yeah. But, like, I, I have not heard much criticism of him over the years, or if any. So the, any kind of, like, debunking or criticism has been off my radar. So I'm surprised, uh, oddly enough, man, I'm surprised to hear it now. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think Uh Daniel, I'll start with you. What you know? What do you know about missing four hundred one, and you know some of your opinions? Well, to be totally honest, um, there's a lot of information behind it that I'm not familiar with. Um, just over the years, basically, some of the information I've been gathered uh, and shared regarding some of the series of the books that he has out. Um, you know, a lot of people ask me my opinions when they share what what's in the book, what's about this and that. And, and do you, you know, question is, do you, you know, do you think that 
whatever's involved and you know and I don't you know I really don't know where to start off on this cuz before when you were talking I I did have a question I was going to start off with um regarding this whole thing but you know it's first of all well, like you said there's content that's probably missing the best you know to fit the narrative as you mentioned um I don't know, I guess the question is the content that is involved what gives the uh, the author to, the incentive to point towards you know the the reason behind the missing cases well, see, you know that's that's the thing and uh, he ne- he he never really has until okay. recently so uh, missing 401 started off as spooky kind of mysterious cases out in the woods and it kept that pattern for a long time even though uh politis was a uh, he was kind of a he was a bigfoot guy before he even mm-hmm. wrote his first missing form one it wasn't until missing form one the hunted came out that he he started implicating bigfoot into the uh equation ah gotcha yeah, so so this was a this was an evolution before he actually like implicated Bigfoot. Although I'll say, go back to the uh, Dennis Martin case, which we'll talk about here in a little while. I don't want to get into the Dennis Martin case. Now that one suggestively implicates Bigfoot because of the, the, the witness, one of the, you know, one of these supposed witnesses that saw, you know, a hairy man carrying something over his shoulder. Um, but yeah, well, could I could I ask a quick question? Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Dave, uh, David's a lo- uh, he's in law enforcement, or was? Is that correct? Uh, was, was I guess I I've never personally verified that. Yeah. Um, was, I, I think he yeah. was in some kind of law enforcement. Yeah. Okay, because that's the understanding about who he is. I never had no conversation. And all the years I've been on social media with him, um, I never had no interaction whatsoever. Um, I've I've seen some videos and you know where I believe he was mentioned or somebody said yeah he was he was some kind of law enforcement officer. I don't know if he worked with the FBI or what his profession actually was. Um, the the reason I guess I was asking that to confirm what I thought I heard. Uh, Say if he is or was, I mean, you think that would give credibility towards his um, suspicion uh, into what he's pointing towards? I mean, I mean, law enforcement officers, you would think that they would they would have to have some kind of I guess you could say you would have to have some kind of evidence to even suggest such a thing um, in the first place. I mean, that's the way I would consider or look at it. If that makes any well, sense. It is to lend credibility towards his investigative capabilities. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I'll oh. tell you that. I'll tell you this, Daniel. As far as that goes, um, you remember the Georgia Bigfoot hoax? I believe so. Um, it was. It was, the, it was the big, big Bigfoot hoax that happened freaking like 10, 12 years ago. With I mean, the media was involved. It was uh, like Biscardi was involved with it. Dyer as well. And there was the the whole thing okay. was Scott Dyer. Well, the Back other in- guy, 
the yeah, other 2012. guy, Scott Dyer, and the other mm-hmm. dude who was involved with that hoax, where they, they claimed to have the body in the cave, the trunk, and all that. The other guy who was partnered with uh, Dyer, that guy was a cop. So, just wanted to throw that out Whoa. there. He was a police officer. Wow. <laughs> so, okay, got, I had, got fired I had no idea. Job. Yeah. yeah, I had no idea about that. So Yeah. Yeah, he got fired from his job, too. So, so yeah, let's not, you know, I mean, I, I so, just point that out that, you know, if you have a background in law enforcement, that doesn't mean that your word is gold. By any now, means. I, you know, for the record, yeah, I, that's a great point that you by throwing that out there, I, that that's something to really keep in mind. But but that shouldn't that, you know, at the same time, that shouldn't reflect on the rest of the law enforcement. That's well, yeah. some kind of. I mean, for example, uh, I'm having a brain fart with his name, but remember the Monster Quest documentary where the police officer actually claimed to have saw one uh, yeah, sure. up in uh, New York, upstate New York? Yeah, yeah. The, um, um, yes. Uh, uh, God, I forget. What's I know. Him right and Whitehall. Whitehall. The Whitehall, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I mean, him him and his wife are both on my Facebook page. And, uh, you know, and they've talked to, I've talked to them, you know, in the past and, you know, and I've I've seen the Monster Quest series of the documentary where he was involved, and you know, and everything. And I do, I have, I like to believe that they that they they really did see something. I mean, I mean that took place back in the seventies, uh, but yeah. So, but yeah, so you know, yeah, I, I'm just throwing that out. I like to believe that you know, law enforcement they got a trained eye. You know, for those who claim to have seen something, you know, I, I know that's kind of a different scenario than what we're dealing with right here tonight. Well, it is, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, but as far as credibility wise, is what I was kind of getting at, you know. So, yeah, I um, mean, Polit- Politis was never personally involved with any of the cases that he writes about, as far as like yeah. the, the actual event happening. So I don't know. What What do you think, Steve? Where What are your thoughts of where we're at so far? Well. I have, in some ways, I have an advantage. I've I missed a lot of the years in between. I started getting back into the the Bigfoot Sasquatch thing about two years ago. So certainly, one of the things I started running into pretty quick was the association with the Rescue Four One One stuff and Bigfoot. Uh, to my to my impression, I, I watched the movie. Someone gave me the book. The book is sitting on a shelf collecting dust, and. Uh, <laughs> He associated Bigfoot in the first movie indirectly. Now, he said this has nothing to do with the story. It's just an interesting coincidence that the Sierra camp is nearby the places where the, the place where a couple of people mysteriously disappeared. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It has nothing to do with it. And pe- in my mind, people took that... And, oh, okay, that's really code. It really is Bigfoot. But in the story, he's outlining all these criteria that he has that are associated with these mysterious cases. Not one of the criteria is actually a sighting of anything like Bigfoot. Mm. But there are boulder fields, there's the running water, there's huckleberry fields... Uh, storms. There, there's storms, yeah. weather suddenly associated around with it. 
Uh, you know, I live in the North Cascades. I used to be in the Civil Air Patrol involved in search and rescue. You know, when you have sudden storms in the mountains, people get stuck and they need rescuing. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Um, uh, you were uh, you were in the Civil Air Patrol? Yes. Oh, that that's for how long? Uh, about five or six years. Was, uh, was that like, uh, were you younger when you did that or? Oh, quite a bit. Okay. Yeah, I was in the Civil Air Patrol as a cadet. So I was under okay. 18, under under 21. Well, I, as, huh. a, as an aviation guy, I, 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 I appreciate that. I, I know what that is. Um, I wished, I wished I would have done it when I was, uh. Yeah, in Washington, they're very active with search and rescue. Yeah, I'm sure. So, so yeah, that brings up a good point, search and rescue, right? I mean, that's a factor in all these things. And, uh, and uh, it's funny how some, some of the older stories that uh, Politis likes to bring up are actually, they're way bigger deal in the search and rescue community than they are in the Bigfoot world. Um, so people go missing all the time and, 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 and why? Well, because there's well, a thousand million variables. Yeah. Like, and yeah. Vast terrain where, you know, somebody could have got, you know, there's a lot of things you could look at to consider possibilities. Hey, did somebody fall down somewhere to let, uh, you know, deep into a, cave or some kind of structure couldn't never get out and there's a caved in and filled in you know little things like that but here here's a question i'm thinking of uh first of all regarding the 411 cases and um and all these missing person persons report um i don't know if you guys would know this but i'll ask it anyway um as far as any of the cases involved with the 411 has there any? Has there ever been any remains or bodies or people recovered or found? Or, yes. Uh, uh, oh, there has. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so that gets convoluted. Well then, I mean. Yeah, but the next they, question is: um, Would that be an answer? Are they were they they were they found alive or just the remains? Um the the vast majority were never found alive, if any. Okay. Um, I I personally. You know, uh, I haven't read every single 411 account there is. I've seen all the movies. I've read some of the accounts. Uh, but remains will be found. Like, here's a good example, Daniel. Like, and this gets exaggerated, I think, sometimes. It's like remain uh, a child will go missing, and they'll find the remains in a certain area. Miles and away from where you would expect... Right, which was probably like more like hundreds of yards, because people in the Bigfoot world regurgitate that stuff and they exaggerate yeah. it every single time. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? um, but it might be a, a good distance, and it might well, yeah, be at some elevation. Speaking, you know, once you go above two, it's miles. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm. And I mean, it, you know, even if that were the case, it's like. There's so many variables again. If you find some remains in a weird spot, you don't expect them. There could be 10 different reasons for that. So, you know, well, you can't jump to any one of those conclusions. 
you know? Yeah. But a lot of the times yeah. when they found a body, what they find is fairly consistent with uh, what you would consider situationally inappropriate behavior that is normal for people who are dehydrated or people who are in hypothermia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And hyperthermia can really mess with your mind. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, I've actually done some study on that. Um, yeah. It makes somebody go confused very easily, you know, disorient them, mm -hmm. you know, and then their next, next, you're, you're totally lost. And then all your other bodily functions and organs start acting up and things don't function properly. And, and your oxygen, so you're losing oxygen, you know, at the same time. And yeah, all kinds of situations there. So yeah, because yeah, yeah that, that's another thing. Cause you know, with all that, you know, you figure through autopsies, forensic work and, and with all everything that we have, in today's world, you know, you figure a lot of this should be able to, uh, you know, basically discover what the situation was. Well, um, not, not when the not when the remains are found years later and they've been scattered and scavenged. Yeah. Well, or yeah. even days, or yeah. even days later, with an intact body. I, uh, after right. a few days, the temperature decay is is far enough along that you can't make an estimate of time of death from the temperature of the body, then you start, start to have to go off decay and insects right. and things like that. Right. But, but if there's, if there's a body there, was it dehydration? How can you tell? Was it hypothermia? How can you tell? Hmm. And now Leon, there are some ways you can try to estimate it. Welcome, Leon. Hey, Steve, like the beard, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I shave once every couple of months, whether I need to or not. Oh, yeah. You're starting to look squatchy. That's good to see. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Daniel. Daniel. I don't think I've ever yeah. mentioned anybody. <laughs> no, are you, uh, your last name ain't Drew, is it? No, Thompson. Bigfoot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know a Leon Drew. He's on my Facebook page. I didn't... <laughs> Yeah, I just a lot of people I know. I just never had a face to put with them. <laughs> yeah. so. Well, the problem is you get all these people. I just had, I think, five people ask me to invite them, and of course they're, they have friends that are our friends, and it's like, do they really have these friends, or are they just collecting a whole bunch of Bigfoot research people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like right now. Yeah, I know. I'm at the max capacity for Facebook people, so you know. And, but <laughs> I know I, I get a few friend requests too. And they're like, ah, man, I can't accept you. I'm already at full capacity. <laughs> so that's uh, you, you rock star. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this is like the pre-show, Pat. Is that what's happening here? Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the, uh, pre-show leading up to the, the full one debate, which I hope will not be disappointing. I think I found one of the members that are, are going to debate. But uh, I, 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 I'm just fascinated at what the debate will be. Um, well, what is the debate? Uh, the missing 411. So if, if, uh, if you're going to debate missing 411, in my mind, you got somebody saying, oh, you know, this, this backs up what, you know, Politis talks about. And then you got somebody going, well, he's not really quite telling the truth on some of these things. 
And it seems, in my opinion, I've thought for a little while now that the narrative was was off and context was being left out. Well, I think most of what he's saying is true. Uh, incomplete might be a good word. Yeah, I haven't found like uh, when I followed him, um, he hasn't. He doesn't specifically say it's a Sasquatch. He seems to tend to sway away from actually deliberately saying it right out that this is a Sasquatch. Is that what you guys find? Or well, he did that for a while, you know, through his books. But this last one, uh, especially the uh, the documentary version of Missing Four One, The Hunted. Yeah, he he pretty much lets the lets the whole Sasquatch thing out of the out of out of the bag you know like he you know i mean he went at the end of that movie they went to the uh, ron moorhead sierra camp you know sierra camp and uh so he it, implication of sasquatch was definitely in his last documentary and and book i would imagine i didn't read that book um but my only point is is he is he telling these stories, even from the first book on, leaving out important facts so that he could steer things in a certain narrative, which is only the mysterious narrative? That's that's kind of where I'm at. Like certainly in some of the Washington cases, he's he's at least omitting details. Okay, and that's important. If you omit details, especially if they're significant details, then I, I think that's deception. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's deception. I mean, what's he doing? Is he doing it? Is it a form of entertainment? Is what he's, is that the angle he's doing with, Possibly. I mean, you know, like he's not like that last one he put out regarding the Sierra camps and stuff like that. There was a couple of events or different kind of scenarios he showed and the one I can't remember what the family was named but it was one of the the son uh they were out camping with the grandfather and they had a friend along and uh the child went missing supposedly down by the river and they um when I was watching that guy's bought that whole family's body language I just thought these people look awfully suspicious to me that they've knocked off their own kid and the reason why the searchers didn't find it I don't know if this is factual or not but I certainly have been tempted to phone the sheriff's department and say you need a body expert to check out those that that footage of them because all their behavior was stuff that you would normally see people do that have, are actually guilty of something not not guilty of something and the reason probably the searchers didn't find it is because in that particular narrative that was coming over the thing was uh they had to drive out from where they were camping to get cell reception and I don't know whether or not the investigators actually asked them, where did you exactly go to get cell reception? Because that's the area I would be searching. Because it was miles away from the location of supposed where the child went missing. And um, it I, I just kind of surprised me because everything, like a person who's guilty, a lot of times you'll see them do this and they'll cry. Yeah. If they're the ladies, they'll cry. Or they'll show a tear come down you lost your kid, you're not going to have a tear come down. You're going to have no snot. Yeah. You're going to have no snot. And the other thing, too, that some of the language the father was using was, uh, what was the term he used, like a little guy. That's called, uh, you're disassociating. Instead of calling him his son's name, 
you know, when you when you have a son or a, a child that dies, you go back to the primary experience of when they were born. So right. you, use the name, you use the name that mm. little Billy. I don't know. And there wasn't enough anger too to find out what the hell's going on here. You know, it's almost like the narration. Uh, the grandfather, when asked, "What did you think about this?" He laughs. That was bizarre. You know, that was like, bizarre. But but overall, it, it's also some years after the fact. Now, how is how is the families ab have having absorbed the loss of the child for several years, going to play into interviews? years down the road. Well, you can usually recognize that too. I mean, I don't know, you guys, I've lost 31 people in five years, all close. And I don't care, and it's that's 10 years ago. So you ask me about that, I am gonna have emotion right across my face on that whole incident. Um, it, you're talking some, you're talking your own son. And um, the, uh, again, they also, I think he clipped in some of the original footage the wife sitting on the the uh, quad and this is kind of I, I i think if i remember correctly that that footage was during the investigation so this father uh, the husband was with the wife the wife was on the quad she was doing this crying kind of thing and uh it, there was just something off about it to me it didn't seem like it was owned mm. you know body language can't tell you whether the person's telling the truth or not it helps you move that direction with the person but it's telling yeah. you whether or not they're owning what they're saying and it's kind of like when you deal with witnesses, right? You're, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like when I look at when I when I look at what he's doing there, he's doing like most stuff on the Bigfoot TV network online scene. As everyone's providing a narrative for more of an entertainment instead of an actual factual um, data collecting. Um, so the, uh, the 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 other ones are you know how they find the clothes neatly stacked. Yeah, who's um, neatly mm -hmm. stacked. When Sasquatch gonna sit there and say, hmm, oh, hey, oh, come with me. Oh, oh, oh. Wait, take clothes <laughs> off. We can stack them on rock next to river. You know, like that doesn't yeah. Well, I yeah. think I, I think that may go back to our um discussion about hypothermia. Like I could see hypothermia having that effect on a human being. Well, dehydration, dehydration is another one. I mean, when I worked in yeah. forestry and stuff, we had guys that were on the block. I mean, I remember walking up to this one person and said, are you doing okay? Oh, yeah. They were, I was watching them for about five minutes do circles. And then, are you doing okay? Oh, yeah. And they had this disassociation kind of stuff going on in their head. And, yeah, if you don't, yeah. you know, a lot, of, a lot of weird behavior happens when people are under, are under duress. You're dehydrated. And, again, yeah, for sure, if it's hypothermia, you have an uh, – process time where you believe you're actually hotter than what you are so you start just just um, robing yourself um, mm -hmm. but i don't I, I don't know steve you might be able to help me with this i don't know anyone who ever had hypothermia figured that they were ever going to you know fold their clothes up and put it down on the ground uh, um, offhand no but it, i wouldn't put it beyond beyond them i mean they're 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 feeling overheated so they're going to do that Possibly with still enough cognition to say, okay, once I cool off, I'm going to put this back on. And some people are habitually neat. I mean, I, I usually roll up my, I usually just roll up my clothes to put them in a pack for, for a couple days out. And uh, there are some people who are very neat and fold everything nice and put everything into a vacuum bag. And You're right. It could just be their personality as they're 
you know, becoming like extremely delusional and out of their mind, right? Yeah. Their personality kicks in, you know? Yeah. And then, and for example, they take off their boots and then they go for a walk and they leave their boots. Hmm. That's another one of those things that comes up in several of these stories is they find the shoeless body or they find the boots and they never find the body. Yeah. Well, yeah, that yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, that happens a lot. I mean, usually most of the 411 um, uh, stories or, you know, uh, are, they usually never find the body. Some, sometimes they do, but for the vast majority, the, the person, you know, disappears off the face of the earth. This is kind of again the narrative. This person just disappeared. So, is there? Do you guys remember if they ever did? Because there was a couple of stories I think I heard talk about where, uh, like, a child went missing and then the child was found, and they tried to ask the child what happened. Have you guys heard of any of those stories cases? Uh, are you you relate? Are you referring to one of the last ones with the little boy claims a bear took care of him? He went uh, missing. Well, it's actually, I mean, we had that in Canada here where a bear actually did take care of a little kid. <laughs> but, uh, oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, and a few other weird, kind of weird stories. But uh, but those were actually, those actually did happen. But, oh, um, wow. But I don't know. I'm, I'm more thinking about just because if he had a child there regarding what we're talking about, which is the 401 stuff, um, I, can't, I don't know why they wouldn't ask the child what actually happened. I, I, maybe I missed one where they did. I don't think it fits the stories that he's publishing to have a live person found. They'll have the, the they'll have a body found uh, someplace that seems much farther than could have ever been possible. Right. And Steve, you were talking about his criteria. I've never seen his criteria. What are the criteria he uses? Oh, I would I would have to dig back into my notes. I wrote I wrote them down yeah. out of one of the movies. But yeah, there, among, there is, among them, there the is. highlights are a mysterious, unpredicted weather event around the time of the disappearance, sometimes before, sometimes after. Uh, the boulder field, running water. Uh, berry fields. And those, those are the most common ones. Yeah, it'd be interesting. You don't ever find these together in in a national park or a national forest area. <laughs> well, well, that's what I'm thinking about, especially like that weather pattern. You go into the mountains, you just wait ten minutes. It's gonna yeah, right. Shift, yeah. You know, and all those like those commonalities to me. It's really too bad we can't actually. It's not really fair that he's not here, so we can't ask him these questions. Yeah. But, um, I I agree, and uh, I mean I'll invite him on. Uh, I'm not afraid to. But uh, mm -hmm. but as far as criteria goes, um, I I could tell you, Leon, that. Uh, for sure, I remember some of that criteria for like what. So what he would say is vetting through to for it to be a a good missing four one story is that you know predation has been ruled out, um, uh, uh, like uh, you know family members have been ruled out. Okay, um, so that's some of that criteria is there for him to publish one of these stories hmm. so is, is, 
it's his criteria. To- well, you guys were talking a little bit earlier, but just before I got on, I was listening to you guys. I just got home, so I was still listening to you, but I wasn't on here. But uh, you were talking about, you know, police and stuff. And I, I don't know, you know, especially he worked as a police inspector, a, a criminal inspector, I think, for New York City. Is that correct? Or for a larger city? Metropolis? I thought it was West Coast. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Okay, Back city. Because but, the thing too, in general, yes. Okay, because I, it, you, you have somebody who might be trained in police tactics and techniques. That's not the same at all in regards to looking for an animal that's in the bush. There's a totally right. you can't use the same techniques. I know that Val, who I appreciate, uh, uses like he he likes to use a model from what I understand, Val can let me know this down the road, but uh, as as if he's dealing with a sociopath or psychopath. So I dealt with sociopaths. And um, the, I don't think you can use that on an animal or a human or a bipedal creature that's walking through the forest because there's, first of all, there's not enough information what, we, what we're dealing with other than something big, hairy, walking around, stinks, throws rocks at us. So uh, <laughs> it's yeah. footprints, right? Like uh, it, there's nothing psychotic about that or there's nothing on the spectrum regarding behavior like that. That's kind of crazy. Um, so um, if you're just dealing with something that's in the forest that's fairly intelligent and is used to live in the forest, so its nature is the forest, and then you have somebody, oops, am I froze up here? Oh, okay. Um, and then you have somebody who it's kind of like anybody who goes in out yeah. investigating now. I mean, how much really, if you're honest with yourself, do you understand the rhythm of the bush? How much do you understand about reading tracks? How much do you understand about reading the ground? How much do you understand about foliage? How much do you understand what you're actually looking at? Um, and I don't think that capacity is as high as what a lot of people believe it, they have done in Kruger effect. Um, a lot of people naturally overestimate their abilities in, in just about everything. Right. It, it, it's a very common human trait. Right. And I, I you know, I get this all the time. It's like, a, uh, uh, I'm not the academic. I don't ever claim to be the academic. I'm academically trained, but I use academics because I'm not the level of academically trained in PhD levels. So um, I don't, um, my goal is to put, uh, language, academic language in layman's terms so the general population can understand what the academics are trying to teach them. And then when they yeah. get a handle on that, then they can go to the academics, which will give them a deeper uh, perception of tracking and all that other kind of stuff. Understanding human behavior, understanding the brain, understanding how the brain fools you, tricks you. Um, you there's so much at hand, all this kind of stuff. And, Again, when I hear what Dave does to me, it's more, this is an interesting idea. I'm retired. Let's go into this. Let's find these clusters. Let's see what these clusters are about. Put a priming narrative attached to it. Um, sounds interesting. It certainly sells books. Um, Generate a little extra income. Making a little extra income. I don't know if he's being deceptive. I don't know the guy, so I can't say. Um, I don't think he's out like that investigation I just went on, you know, making this massive declaration of right. something that was totally garbage. <laughs> and it wasn't the witnesses yeah. that were the problem, it was the person who reported and, and vetted it claiming to be this spectacular thing that it to- totally was not. So, um, Well, let, let, me, let me propose this, Leon. When I say deception, and I'm not talking to, to the level of what you're talking about with the uh, the moose tracks, 
there were squatch moose, okay? Was it squatch, was it squatch moose tracks is what they were. Well <laughs> they were close well, feet into hooves, that's what that was. Well <laughs> were you able to determine whether it was a male or female subject? Female. Uh, or a female moose. It was a female. Wow, that's a, that's actually very impressive. Um, <laughs> in the snow, but it's snow. Yeah. Um, I'll, all I have to say is this: if you okay, if you take an event that happened and it's documented, and you leave out important details to change the narrative the way you want it, is that not deception? Well, no, it depends what he's doing. I mean, you get that all the time with Bigfoot TV shows and documentaries. I mean, talk to Thomas Steenberg yeah. about sure. when, you know, well, like... We're talking about of real events that happened where people died. Yeah, so, well, so I distinguish, I distinguish well, between misinformation, I am misinformed and I am passing on what I know, which is by definition misinformation, Correct. And the term disinformation, which to me has the intent to deceive. With with incomplete information, is he misinforming his audience perhaps a little bit? Is he really intending to, you know, beyond the purpose of making the story as interesting as possible? I don't know. I, I would well, say he would almost have to be disinforming in at least some cases because there's no way he missed actual information that was there so be especially being an investigator you know uh, there's no way he missed important key information in some of these stories and the dennis martin case to me is the best case well what if leaving out certain information being who he is and his background, uh, depending on the information that might be not, you know, that's missing, uh, could some of the information be classified to where he doesn't have the authority to release it or share it? You know, no, no, not at no. all, not at all. No, this would all be public information from the report. Yes, and, oh, okay. and people and and freaking loved ones, not to mention like people that know. You know, or knew these people who, you know, are like ceased. So, I mean, there's a wealth of information uh, whenever uh, any one of these cases. Um, but the Dennis Martin case, are you guys, are you guys familiar with the Dennis Martin case I'm somewhat a, or at all, at all? Give it Just to a us. little. Give it, give it to us. Yeah. It, it, um, it happened in the 1960s in uh, North Carolina in the, uh, you know, the high, the high Appalachians of North Carolina, a six-year-old boy uh, went missing and it sparked one of the great, like the biggest, one of the biggest search and rescue efforts ever made. Yep. Um, as far as numbers goes, it, it, I think the final total was like 2,600 people participated in trying to find this boy. And, the story goes is that uh, he he was they were the kids the kids were playing hide and seek from the adults and they were gonna try and scare them and uh, you know I'm sure the adults were playing kind of playing along and uh, and in that process Dennis Martin just went like went missing totally like 
out of thin air almost is how it's described. And, uh, and so he was six years old and he went missing and they went, you know, everybody went looking for him. And then more, you know, again, more and more people got involved to the point where um, it actually became a, what not to do situation in a search and rescue for a small child, because you want, you want less people involved who are highly skilled, not just every single person in the world tramps it around through the woods, messing up your, your tracks or your trails. Right. Yeah. So in the end, dude, they never, they never found him. And, but several miles away, there was another family that, thought they saw a wild band carrying something over its shoulder. It's it's a long, convoluted story. Oh, right. Yeah, that and was so, the one on the hillside. And so that's how it came into the Bigfoot world, basically. Um, and, uh, and, and, and there were just a lot of details left out about that. The fact that Dennis Martin was a special needs kid, what we'd say today, special needs. So... In the 1960s, think about the nomenclature that would come with that, right? And and that he went to one part of the trail to hide, and all the other kids went to the other part of the trail. So he was literally by himself. That is never talked about. Um, and, and that weather did move in. Strong storms moved in rather quickly. You know, so now we're dealing with the hy- uh, hypothermia. It, it even lost for a few hours. Hypothermia, being wet, a six-year-old kid that doesn't know how to take shelter properly, whatever. Blah blah blah. Um, but it's it's a it's it's none of that's ever talked about. And the fact that a ginsinger found basically found his remains um, many 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 years later, and didn't. Uh, it didn't even tell anybody they found remains of a small boy in that area and, and, until like 20 years after he even found him because he was afraid of getting uh, in trouble for uh, he was out ginsenging. Right. Uh, he was poaching ginseng. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. that's, what, that's what you do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, he was, I mean, uh, uh, and so his remains were found. The Bigfoot world doesn't even know about that. Um, it's 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 perpetrated as missing four hundred one. David Pilatus Bigfoot story. You know that's the Bigfoot world is like. Well, Dennis Martin he got snatched up, carried off by a Bigfoot. Well, I mean he might know the, he might know the audience too. You know he doesn't have to necessarily say it's a Sasquatch because he knows that a lot of the audience is Bigfoot people. And they will just take that narrative and uh, put a apophenia. All he has to do is, yeah, prime the story and just let the brain take over. True. But he's he has a connection to the Bigfoot world. No, I get that. I get that. That's part of the priming. Here's his connection to the Bigfoot world. Melbourne Ketchum. Oh, my God. That's one. (laughs) I mean, he, he he has a lot of books before the DNA stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah. So he was he was attached to that whole thing. Yeah. He was basically running PR for it. And when somebody slipped up and said angel DNA, he breathlessly went on coast to coast 
to try and put that fire out. Mm-hmm. There's another aspect of uh, Politis. Are you talking about the religious connection? Or? Yeah. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the connection I'm making there. I mean, well, Scott, Car- Scott Carpenter, Ketchum, and Politis. And Politis was sort of PR for that whole thing. Again, he raced to put that fire out because somebody yeah. slipped up and said Angel DNA. Mm-hmm. And and he went on coast to coast and said, no, 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 no. You know, he tried to put that fire out and very breathlessly. Like, you can look that interview up. I think it was on coast to coast, but I can find it regardless. And it I'm may like, have been, but. Boy, I mean, you talk. Right, you talk about a narrative. You talk about your boogeyman in the word woods. Well, yeah, exactly. And now I mean, right there, the Nephilim gotta, word has to be said, basically. Yeah, yeah. So basically, you got to protect. Uh, protect. You know the way I that explains it. Basically, you got to protect your. Uh, I don't know the right way to put it. Your objective. I mean, with what you're working on, you know, and then, um, you know, because his connection with the Bigfoot world. Yeah, you know, your, your connection with the Bigfoot world. And, you know, and, and this goes for a number of people. Uh, I mean, I have a lot of high respect for Dr. Jeff Meldrum and, you know, doing what he does. And, you know, and people like him, they try to stay n- neutral, you know, uh, or mutual with you, know, whatever, uh, to where they don't side on either way, you know, but like they also have a reputation to maintain. And also, they are all, a lot of these well-renowned people are involved with the Bigfoot community and making appearances at all these different conventions, you know, and they get, some of these people get big money just to show up there, um, you know, and, and then between what they sell and put out there, the, where they know the Bigfoot community is involved, I mean, um, you know, they got to keep their sales, they got to keep their people entertained and keep them on edge and, you know, just like a lot of, like you, I think it was Pat that brought it up earlier, all these movies and documentaries or, uh, you know, that people put out there, you know, Finding Bigfoot, everybody watched Finding Bigfoot, uh, always had that suspense moment, but they never provided nothing. They had to keep people on the edge of their seats to keep them moving forward to watch and keep those, uh, you know. Well, you had to retain the audience through the commercial break. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's uh, a lot of ways to look at all this here, but I don't know. Well, the key parts, your phrases you're looking for too when you're watching shows like that. It's like uh, <laughs> in search for Bigfoot, uh, Curse of Oak Island, um, uh, ancient aliens. They always say these phrases, and they're primary priming phrase, phrases. Like, uh, mm-hmm. is it possible? Do you think? <laughs> and uh, a, a, a stone or a piece of metal, three hundred feet. Some people believe. <laughs> yeah, and and that 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 opens your brain up to make, making it. It's like when people say, "Well, it's possible." Well, you know, what are the odds? So is what we're looking for. It's not just right. that it's impossible because, yeah, in a new vortex world in a different dimension, everything could be possible. We, I could be a penguin in another dimension. <laughs> we could all be penguins talking as human beings, you know. Uh, so, is it possible? Well, maybe, but statistically, is it correct? That's that's where the problem is, and I find uh, for me, I don't want to get onto this other road here, but uh, I just can't believe that you know the. In my, in my opinion, the, there is definitely a systemic problem. There's not a chance if we don't change what we're doing, that we're going to be in the same boat 50 years from now. Nothing's going to change at all. 
if we don't get uh, on the systemic problems. I now, agree. one 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 I of the agree. stories, one of the stories, if you're looking for a specific story, I remember finding differences between the representation on uh, Dave Polites' talks about the uh, the disappearance of Samantha Sayers, and I was talking to Brent Dill about this not right. too long ago, not too far from where she disappeared. And there is another channel uh, called Rat and Cat, yep. where a guy in Washington does a lot of search and rescue types of stories. He did a very good, thorough coverage of the Samantha Sayers' disappearance. And if you listen to the two different depictions of the story, you'll, you'll find some differences and you'll find some information missing. Specifically, yeah, uh, what, specifically what I don't remember it it's far enough ago and it wasn't important enough for me to remember what was different it it just it was different yes and I just uh I did invite Brent to be on tonight he couldn't make it because he's out in the uh bush what do you mean he's talking he's on the chat right now I was gonna say you should bring Brent on he goes well, to the rescue he's come on Brent you're not in the bush you're sitting there chatting like crazy online here <laughs> yeah well I, he well i think he's in i think he's in the bush yeah. with cell coverage oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah because he was the he was one of the first people to reach out to me and say you know this this that and the other and i was like okay that's interesting that'll make for good discussion so I'm I'm glad he did join us tonight at least in chat and we'll we'll talk to Brent here soon on air well, I, you know, I'm a, I'm of the personality to encourage people to do their own investigation and to come to their own conclusions. And so, without giving you the conclusion, I've given you the story and two places to start looking for information. Yep, absolutely. That's the way to do it. Agreed. Agreed. Don't do for the learner what the learner can do for themselves. That's how they learn. So. Um, there was something you were talking about there just a second ago. I just had a brain fart now. I can't remember what it was. Talk about something else and it'll come back to my mind. <laughs> it happens to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was talking about Samantha Sayers and her disappearance. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, Rat and Cat. So you were talking about oh, yes. too? Yeah. Uh, and uh, he was a great guy. I used to follow him on search and rescue stuff that he used to do and stuff. And there's a background about him for people who might not know. He was totally, he used to mock anything Bigfoot. Yeah. He would just joke about it and that. But then as the years went on, he started to say, there's something here out here. So that's, that was neat to really, yeah. did he give it, did he give a reason why? Yeah. Well, he started finding tracks hmm. and, and so his narrative you know, and he, it's kind of like I got a guy, um, Justin, not from Mount Beast Mysteries, but he's a fellow who has a, his own YouTube channel and he's a gold miner. And uh, he, he's been having really strange things happening to him and stuff where it's kind of, he doesn't know other than it's, the only way it explains it is that it has to be something like a Sasquatch because what, what's been happening with him out on some of his claims. So, um, yeah, Nikita also had stuff moving around the camp when he'd take his family out camping in Gifford Pinchot. Right. So, I mean, those, those are the kind of people that intrigue me the most are people who aren't even looking for Sasquatch and also, and they've been out the bush for years. And then all of a sudden there's something they're noticing. They sense something different about whatever it is they're looking at, at for certain things. And uh, that's, it has a bit more weight 
for me <laughs> when I'm talking to people than people who are just claiming things. But I don't know, like getting back to the whole Pilates thing, the 401 thing, I think it's just more interesting topic. He got involved with it. It's turned out lucrative for him. Uh, he's got an audience. He's got books. He's got no, no notoriety. Um, you know, again, Matt Moneymaker, you know, the claim what he claimed when we went and investigated that so-called best Sasquatch trackway in 2020. What a claim that is. You know, the best trackway of 2020 yeah. Sasquatch prints. The best. Yeah. And he doesn't yeah. even show up there, doesn't even know what he's talking about. And all the stuff he's, when you go through what his report was, remember, this is from BFRO, and he's the president of BFRO. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. and most of us have gone on the BFRO to check out our areas to see what yeah. they have on there. Now, all that comes into question because he never vetted the data at all. He, and he knew he was, you know, he knew he didn't know anything, and yet he still came up with that prime. Yeah, it, it instantly reduces the BFRO database to little more than a list of dates and locations. Right. Well, then it puts it in the same category as Bigfoot Odyssey and um, uh, Sasquatch Chronicles, which neither one of those sites claim to vet the stories. Right. Yeah. Let people tell the stories. Mm -hmm. Whereas yeah. BFRO gives the impression or imprint that they vet the data. They charge people for weekend training uh, seminars to help train people. And those people, I'm not, I'm not talking about those people because they're, uh, they would do more diligence than what this was <laughs> like. Uh, so it's not about them. But when you have, they're the not merely they don't merely vet the data. They apparently also filter the data because we wouldn't want anything spooky yeah. to be associated with a hairy hominid in the woods. <laughs> well, I think it's gone up a notch. It's not spooky or anything. It's whatever I want to come up with. I can just yeah. say. And that's devastating in regards to, you know, doing 10 interviews last week on different variety of news stations from across Canada. And I have to go and say to all of them, uh, none of this is Sasquatch. So the I last, to, the last I episode I watched, I, I turned the TV off after the phrase, their eyes glow green and they use it to communicate with each other in the dark. <laughs> Maybe it's green, red, and yellow. So if they're wanting to talk, it turns green. So the person can say, oh, I can talk now. It's, it's kind of like Canadian. <laughs> Canadian, we always say A all the time. And one time I picked up some hitchhikers from Norway and I was taken from Alberta across the mountains to get to a ferry on Vancouver Island. And I, I was messing with their heads. Uh, so they were, they were, there was an avalanche or something on the road and they were hiking and I thought, well, you guys catch a ride with me. And so they're stuck in a truck with me for like eight hours. So I said to them, well, there's things you have to understand about Canadians and Canadians, you've heard a lot. We say a, right. And they, oh yeah, yeah. We've heard that. Yeah. 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 We've heard you say a all the time. I said, you know why we say a all the time? No, no, we don't know why. And I said, we say a. <laughs> We say A all the time to notify the other person that we're now done speaking. So that ah. they can... <laughs> this is all bullshit, of course. Sorry, but <laughs> but I had to keep myself entertained. I'm stuck with two strangers for eight hours in a vehicle. So in though. Minnesota, it's don't you know? Yeah, <laughs> don't you know? Don't you know? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Well, where I'm from, it's you guys. Uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, that's a famous, uh, I'm from, a, originally from Massachusetts, but, you know, but, uh, 
I, I have family from Canada. My father's side of the family. <laughs> Can, they're Canadian French. No. Bonjour. Come, come on. <laughs> well, that's Canadian. not too bad. That's not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. My grandfather speaks French. Uh, he's he's not doesn't he? Uh, he's passed away many years ago, but <laughs> Canadian Frenchman. So. <laughs> yeah. I, Brent, I just noticed says you guys keep freezing up every few seconds. So I think that's a personal problem. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, everything's been working pretty good on my end. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and Steve, you're in Washington. So is Brent. So he's out there in, in the Washington area, right? Yeah. Yeah. So come on, Brent, get your, get your act together. <laughs> we need 5G everywhere. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah, that gets into conspiracy stuff. Uh, <laughs> we could jump on board on that one, but we won't. But, mm. Okay, Pat, where are you, buddy? You got your mic off. Yeah, and he's hiding. I'm, his I'm, face. I'm here. What are you doing? Are you are, are you, did you guys start talking about conspiracy stuff in the five seconds I was gone there? Jeez. Five. It's three <laughs> days later, man. We've been online for three days. What are you talking about? We were about we were about to put a new series uh, four one uh, missing four one one out if you didn't show up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I have hypothermia, so I have to go build a fire. Just no. give me one more second. BRB. <laughs> oh my! Somebody strike so, up a conversation about something. Well, with with all of these things, do some of your own research. One of the basic ideas that Pat was talking about uh, in on uh, Facebook this afternoon. With, with everything, uh, th there are there are some channels that, that we know about that are out there saying, basically, you don't have to question good old honest people. Why would they ever lie about this? And uh, it, it's not a matter of calling someone a liar. It's a matter of checking out what they're saying. Different people have different experiences and different ways of interpreting the same things that happen. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, visually, editorially, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I've heard, you know, you know, I, I've been shared multiple stories, you know, and you know, I have, you know, I don't know if you guys know, I, I have my own podcast, and and it's hard. I try to stay neutral, you know. I I don't like to come across as disagreeing to somebody or like or or come across as somebody I'd like where I'm in misbelief, you know, you know, cause I, you know, I want to, you know, keep and protect my audience and, you know, and those who, you know, for future, you know, interviewers and stuff, but sometimes some of the things that are shared and, you know, I have, yeah, I, I'll question them, you know, it's like, I want to understand their point of view. You know, I, I don't think they're making up something, you know, I, you know, the people that come on my podcast, I don't believe they're making something up. But then again, there's some things maybe they're exaggerating or they think they saw what they saw, you know, in certain issues. Um, but I don't know. It's it's interesting, though. I've, I've had some pretty interesting uh, conversations and discussions. Pat's been involved with some of them with other people. I've you know, we've had guests on our other podcast. Um, but, you know, it's like my most recent one, uh, you know, I don't I'm sure you guys are familiar with what they classify as the woo. Um, uh, I tend not to get involved with that stuff, but I do like to listen to some of it, 
to me is entertaining to me. Uh, I'm not going to make fun of it, but you know, maybe privately, but yeah, <laughs> but I, I try to keep an open mind to consider possibilities, you know, but to me is again, so there's some things I, you just have to take as entertainment and let it go, you know, but so, but well, actually people, people are experiencing things that they don't understand out there. What I would right. love to collect is, is good observational information about what they saw now what they what they think they saw how they interpret it th that can be useful too and what they were thinking at the time but i want to understand what they actually saw and i want the details and description clear enough that i can paint a picture in my head of exactly. what they saw well you know with that being said that's how i get with well, a lot of people that share their bigfoot encounter sightings whatever I find myself, and I shared this with several people, when I'm listening to the detail of their story, because you know, some people are, are good at explaining themselves. I, me, personally, I'm not. Uh, I'll, I'll ramble and drag something out for a long time to try to get my point across. <laughs> but the thing is, some of these people, they're good. There's like they're, you, you can listen to their story. Sometimes you can pick up little details like Leon was talking about. But, um, but there's sometimes when they're sharing their story, all of a sudden my mind's being taken into a place where like, I feel like I'm there, like, and I'm seeing what they're claiming and their, their details are given. And when I get that feeling, and that's not with everybody, but when I get that feeling to me, I'm, I'm believing them. It's like, I feel like they're telling me the truth, you know? Um, but, and again, I don't get that way with everybody. Uh, so it's, it's interesting. Now, the, the young lady that I had on the podcast last night, I, she told me in advance, I knew well in advance that she was telling me, she says, uh, she was like, I hope you could handle woo. My, what I had, what I experienced is woo. I said, just bring it on. I've heard it all. I've heard it all. And, you know, but her story, the way she explained it, she did come in with a lot of details. Uh, there's a part of me that really wants to believe it. It's just, you know, but it's just, I never experienced what, what some of these people claim, but with her stories that she would, I just found that, that she was pretty well in depth with her details, you know? Um, and just listen to her talk. I didn't come across as, you know, she didn't come across as, uh, you know, somebody that was trying to make it up as she, you know, as, as she was sharing it, but, but she really believes she experienced what she did say she experienced. So, I mean, Is maybe she did. So what's that? Is that Kim and Josh Dillon? Uh oh no, um no, I'm it wasn't them. Oh yeah, i Kim and Josh Dillon. No, I had them. Uh, I had them on uh, to introduce them. They're they're kind of new. Oh, on your was, podcast. Yeah, I have the uh, ECBR Bigfoot Radio. I have that on okay. Anchor. We're on iHeartRadio and all the others. But uh, okay, well, um, I'm gonna have to listen to it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, check it out. We're on Anchor, iHeartRadio, I Pandora, you know, uh, Radio Public, CastBox, all the above. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, now sometimes I'll do a video stream because some of my guests they don't know how to do the. You know, I send them a link to get onto the radio, and some of them have issues. So what I'll do most of the time, I'll do the video podcast stream like this, and then I I convert it to MP3, and then I then I upload to my radio podcast. So, um, if they have issues, so I do it that way. So, um, but yeah, yeah, check, yeah, you guys check it out. And 
he actually did an interview with Ron Moorhead. Yeah. Oh, that was an older interview. Yeah, because he was he was one of my guest speakers at my first conference. So, um, yeah, that was actually before he came out to Virginia here to, to speak at my event. So, yeah. So, so yeah, where a, did that go with the woo? Well, as far as uh, what do you mean? Oh, you talking about with Ron or, or no, the other no, one? No, no, the, the one last night. Ah, uh, well. Like I said, she seemed like she was so full of information. I mean, with all the details she had, you know, uh, I wanted to hear more so I could paint, like you mentioned, oh, paint a, a mental image in your head to understand things. And, and I was kind of getting that with a lot of the stuff she was talking about. But then again, like I said, I tend to, to stay away from the woo. Uh, I'm very objective on a lot of stuff, even with the Bigfoot world in general. But when she was talking about what she's seen come floating like in person. You, when you hear people talk about orbs, uh, usually they only have pictures of them because, you know, pictures of, of alleged orbs and stuff, you know, that could easily be debunked. Anyone who understands photography and, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But she was claiming to see things in person. She was there. She heard this. This happened, you know. Um, like I said, it, it, you could definitely check it out. She had a, like I said, she had a good detailed story. Um, you know, and it was what it was. And I told her, I said, well, we'll definitely have to have you on again in the future, you know, uh, to get some more information. Um, but um, I don't know. It's like, a, it is what it is. You can check it out. Like I said, she's my latest upload um, from last, uh, last night. Uh, it's called enter the woo with Charlene. <laughs> That's her name, okay. Charlene. So yeah. Well, hey, so enter uh, the woo. Daniel, just uh, uh, post it in the uh, squat shot later. Or oh yeah, never. I, you know? Okay, I thought I did. Yeah. I know I shared it around a little bit uh, okay. last night, but yeah, I'll definitely share some more. So, uh, also, I have the Facebook page. I share where anytime I have a new upload, I share content to my Facebook page. I have a Facebook page for the ECBR Bigfoot Radio, um, so you could actually go directly there and f and check out the uh, content there. It's shared directly from the Anchor platform. Um, but like I said, it's available on any uh, all the above platforms. Um, listen to on your favorite uh, podcast. Again, we are you know on iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Spotify, all, all that. So, I want to point out a comment if you guys don't mind. Yeah, sure. Uh, oh, Gary Johnson Senior. Oh, I should, met, I should. You know, I should. You know I should cut you off. Apple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you know that's. I'll more than likely take my encounter to my grave because it's what I hear from these researchers now. If he's referring to us, he should assist us with what he's concerned about. Well, I've known, I don't know him personally, but I've dealt with Mr. Johnson for several years uh, with, he's always, I, I don't want to share too much information okay, live right now, but <laughs> there's other things I could discuss, but yeah, he, I tend to. Gary's yeah. around. Gary's around. We love him. Uh, he's he he's also on Daniela's show and Bigfoot Odyssey, and and he's uh, he's a good guy. He's never rude to anybody. He just voices his opinion, which is welcome yeah. here in Squatch Talk. Oh yeah. So um, so Gary, he, we're glad to have you here tonight. And uh, well, I spent quite a number of years looking at the paranormal. Uh, it it's not something I'm afraid of, right. and I, I want to understand what people are experiencing. 
Right. Well, and I think that's part of it as well. And whenever you're dealing with somebody, you have to do a pre-prep interview with them to find out what their belief system is by asking very yeah. specific questions. Sure. Because there, whatever anyone experiences, it's if you looked at your brain as scaffolding, you, that scaffolding is a framework of all the information that you've picked up and now formulated in a, uh, a pattern structure. So uh, Matthew Johnson's a great one for this. He's a Christian. And of course, when he talks to, what is it? Zoroth or whatever? Zoroth, yeah. Zoroth, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You'll notice in his belief system as a Christian, he doesn't have just, uh, you know, 200 ambassadors from the Sasquatch other dimension. He's got 12 ambassadors. Now, that's mm, part of that. number. Yeah, yeah, because he's a Christian and there's 12 disciples. Now, now whether or not he's connecting that or not, as a child psychologist, I don't know, but... <laughs> Uh, I mean, well, there's also how, how many tribes from Israel? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> and, I'm sorry. Yeah. Matthew Johnson is a wannabe cult leader that just wants to, <laughs> he just wants to have sex with as many women as he possibly can. Well, I, I don't know, say that on air. I don't know any of that kind of stuff. All I know yeah. is I'm at least of analyzing people. So I, I'm trying, like you're saying, Steve, the idea is to really learn about when you're talking to somebody to help them aid them assist them to get the information that they're trying to get across to us clearly and that's by getting them to slow the, the whole process down of when they're articulating uh they, they'll go from uh, story 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 because they're anxious to get it out of their system or get it out to to get formulation because a lot of times you figure out things when you're just sharing it out of your mouth to somebody and it kind of gives you a balance back in your psyche but the key part is to get them to slow it down and know what the right questions to ask in that process so what do you mean by this when you say this when you say you've seen an orb what's that look like to you um, where was it coming from you have to help them slow it down but don't also give them priming of their thinking and going right. back or memory that they're adding to the memory of the experience they're talking about. English is a very imprecise language, and we know exactly what we mean, but that doesn't mean that Leon knows what I mean. That doesn't mean that Pat knows what I mean. That doesn't mean that Daniel knows what I mean. Yes. And and, and again, we're here to assist people. We're not, we're not supposed to be hounding on people and stuff. I mean, a lot of people, like you're saying, Daniel, which is when I'm talking to people, I can tell that they've had some experience in what they're sharing. They, something right. definitely happened to them. Yeah. And uh, wherever their resources for their brain in regards to 95% of everything you picked up in your 5.5 pounds of jelly in your skull, I mean, that's been picked up subconsciously. So you don't even know what you're carrying in your skull in regards to what, why you even believe what, what a person believes. Yeah, so I want, I want to know the experience, but I also want to know what you saw, what you smelled, what you heard, what you felt, what you thought. Mm. And I want to get all of that information down because you might interpret it as something that, that someone else might understand. Oh, this is some other phenomena that's really common. Right. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like the after show, which was interesting the other day or last week there where we had the panel of five of us and Bill yeah. Reed was stuck in the middle. And yeah. it's almost like that should be a show where you have, it's called a hot seat. Now you don't have to go after the person, but the person that he built was great in regards to letting us also protect him from some of the comments that were going on. Yep. In the yep. But also we're not here to attack anybody. We just really wanna help people understand 
help them help us understand what they experienced. And I think if we could get over this whole, again, systemic problem about uh, everyone reacting subconscious or uh, subjectively when everyone's asking them questions instead of them saying objective, saying, I don't know. This is what happened. This is how it happened. This is what I felt. This is what was going on. I don't want to go in the bush anymore, you know, and, and instead of personalizing and feeling like they're, they're being personally attacked. For me, I want to be put on the hot seat. If I ever claim on my channel, this is a Sasquatch, release the bloody hounds on me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> release the bloody hounds on me because you have a right to challenge what I'm saying if you're actually interested in knowing information about trying to locate a Sasquatch. Yeah. And well, yeah. Go ahead, Danielle. You look like you were going to say something there. Oh, no. Well, no. With what you were saying, and I totally agree because I tell people that a lot myself because, you know, I get out. I, I do a lot of field experience. I, I do a lot of exploring. And, you know, I, I study in and out of the field. But when I go out in the field, if I do come across things, I share them, um, you know. And then, of course, I don't say, well, this is Bigfoot, this is Bigfoot. Uh, I always give a logical explanation if it's, you know, if there's one to share. Um, and also when I do come across tracks, I have come across a series of tracks over the years. I do have a small collection of casts. Um, but then again, <clears throat> I have my research. I have my beliefs based off of the studies and observations I've come across and conducted over the years. And I have a habit of sharing, you know, and making posts and, you know, I have a blog site and, you know, and some of the things I, you know, some of the conclusions I come up to, you know, <clears throat> I share them openly. And the thing is, if I do make a claim, you know, I, I welcome everybody to question me. And, and, I, and I throw it out there to everybody that regardless of who you're following or who you're listening to, you know, <clears throat> you know, uh, you got to listen to it and take it with a grain of salt. You know, <clears throat> don't be afraid to question it. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you're not understanding it, or if you're believing a, believing it a certain way, because everybody again interprets it like you mentioned, interprets it in a, in a different way. Um, you know, I want people to understand where I'm coming from. I'm not forcing people to believe me either. You know, um, but you know, this is my side of things. Everybody has their own belief system. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. And again, I I try to get people to. You know, the think for themselves don't. Oh, yeah. So and so posted this blurry picture that oh, only two percent of the Bigfoot community can make out and give praise to whoever posted it. Uh, I was like, really? I, you know, you got to question stuff like that. People are so accepting to everything that's presented. You know, so again, we got to learn to question things. Don't be afraid to well, question. Well, if I it. can't debunk something adequately myself, I'm I'm going out and looking for people mm -hmm. to debunk it. Uh, I went through about 12 hours of field audio from Brent a couple weeks ago. There's parts of it that I could not myself make really good sense of. I was talking to Leon and asked Leon what he thought of it, and he had a perfectly reasonable uh, description of what was probably actually going on. And, you know, it's far more likely to be that than Bigfoot. It's audio only. But in but this research group is just trying to find out where in the forest there is activity, what kind of activity at what times of the year, to try absolutely. to set up things to see what's actually going on. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And the key part too is pick an area, stick with the area for a decade. 
Thank you. Don't go, yes. don't go around looking at other stuff too. You know that area inside out like the back of your bloody hand because that's how you recognize there's something in the area that's is not familiar at all. I mean, that's absolutely. So I'm glad to hear that come out of somebody else's mouth because you know I, <laughs> I've shared that multiple times because sure. I you know I get questioned. I get questioned all the time with, you know, there's a lot of people that get involved or are new into this. And, you know, so they ask me, well, I want to start looking for Bigfoot. What should I do? Well, first of all, one of the first things I always tell them, I kind of call this, this is my own Bigfoot 101. The thing (laughs) is, when I, when I tell people, you know, first of all, especially when I give a presentation, I always explain, first of all, I'm a wildlife and Bigfoot researcher. But the wildlife is comes number one, it comes first, you know. And I always practice. I know sometimes I feel like I'm talking to a bunch of kids, and I, you know, and I try not to come across as somebody who's belittling a group of people or anybody. But I try to explain carefully, you know. Well, if you want to get started, you have to first become familiar with wildlife and nature in general, because um, you know that's the number one that's number one problem I see in the Bigfoot community. Everybody is neglecting. You know what the is known. The yeah. Yeah. example. Yeah, <laughs> without ruling out, they don't know how to consider or rule out what is already considered to be known. Versus, they're pointing fingers at the unknown. If they don't yeah. know what is known, how are they going to be able to determine? You know, so you know, so that's where I go for. You know, I said first of all, become with, familiar with the wildlife. Learn about the wildlife that inhabits or passes through your area. Uh, get familiar with their tracks, their their diets, their behavior. You know, et cetera, et cetera. So go out during hunting season and talk to some of the people that are out there hunting. Yeah. You don't have I mean, to talk I, about Bigfoot, but find out what's out there. Yep. Oh yeah. I, I'm not afraid to open up a conversation with strangers, you know, especially out in the national forest up here in Virginia. I mean, it's, it's, it's not that far from here. It's about, you know, 30 minutes or so west of here out in the mountains. But um, yeah, I've come across, I've met and talk to strangers and, you know, I, without telling them what I do. Cause you know, when I go out there, you know, unless they see the decals on my, my vehicle, I mean, then it might give it away, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not afraid to strike up a conversation because so, especially with some of the older people that, you know, you get in talking when they say, Oh yeah, I've been coming out here in these woods for 30, 40 years. And you know, right there, that tells me this is a prime person to talk to, you know, and you learn about the experiences they've had with different wildlife, you know. So it's to me, it's refreshing because um, when I go out in the woods exploring, that's my mindset. I'm looking for wildlife. I'm looking for the tracks because you got to be on alert. There's a lot of black bears in the area. We got bobcat. There is mountain lions out there, you know, and all the different dangers and predators out there. You have to be alert and aware of them, you know. So, and I'm always studying and observing the ground, you know. So that's one thing I'm. Got to take your time. Be observant, you know, because people go out there with their mindset. I'm a Bigfoot researcher now. I'm going to go look for Bigfoot. They're passing over all this information. All this data is right in front of them. Yeah, you know, and oh, there's a broken tree limb. Oh, Bigfoot's been by here. No, I can point to you, and I've showed it numerous times in my videos, in my field videos. And I show them. Look at this broken pine sapling. I even zoom in. People get excited because I post pictures and show the hairs stuck on it. It's like, oh, that's a good find. I say, yeah, but it's only black bear. You know, I said, because I know what they do. This is their common behavior. I come across hares all the time in the woods. 
but I can tell you they don't belong to Bigfoot, you know, <laughs> but I mean, but that's me. Um, so well, yeah, I think that's, that's what's missing is that's what's missing in regards to the online scene is if a person's declaring to you that this is Sasquatch or that Sasquatch without, this is the part that's missing, explaining exactly why it is or it isn't, then All don't right. follow their channels. Challenge them to, and you can mm -hmm. do it in a nice way. I mean, a lot of these guys will probably react to you on some of the YouTube channels. They think that you're you're against them. That we're not against anybody. What we're trying to find out is what is it you're looking at to help me see what I'm supposed to be looking for. But if you don't provide that narrative, this is a Sasquatch. The reason why we believe it's a Sasquatch, like if you came across a track, that's a pretty obvious one. You know, <laughs> 16, 18 inch track. You know, yeah. Six, yeah. Across, this is kind of obvious. But when it comes to this other stuff, and, and, and the good thing, and I'm so happy that the younger generation is just not going, is, they just don't buy it. Tell us yeah. the meat and potatoes. Don't just give us a priming of a narrative that we watch on your video. This is, we're talking, this is 15 to 20 years ago online concept. That's going out the window very rapidly. I don't know if you guys caught uh, Justin from Mountain Beast Mysteries latest few videos he's did. He's talking the same stuff we're talking. It's mm -hmm. garbage. Everything's garbage out here. Now, whether you like Incredulity that. Incredulity is a valuable trait. Say that again, Steve. Incredulity is a valuable trait. Yes. Maybe explain what you're saying, Steve, to yeah. help. And it's not that people aren't intelligent. It's just they need better <laughs> information. Explain what yeah. you mean by that. Mm -hmm. That you're not just buying everything someone tells you. That you find, you, you get a story, you find it's interesting. Learn more about it. Go look up the information yourself. Find out what other people have to say about it. Yeah, Do absolutely. some research. You're not calling the person a liar. Not at all. You're learning more about what they said. Right. So basically, don't assume what someone's saying is this. And, you know, yeah, look into it. And then also, it reminds me, and I've shared this numerous times, too. I even quoted it in one of my books, is... What uh, one of the quotes from uh, Les Stroud? I have a lot of respect for that man, you know. But one of the things I I'll never forget he said on one of his episodes was, "Don't fall prey to deception," you know. Right. And I'll never I'll never forget that. And I like that, That's and I understand it clearly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So. <laughs> well, that's, that's the key part, too, is whether you like it or not, you're not in control of your thinking process as much as you think you are. Your brain is yep. way ahead of you. you got three brains in your brain. Two of those brains are 0 0.08 seconds way ahead of you. And in, yeah. in brain time, that is a long time because you, your brain moves thought processes the speed of light. Yeah, so chemicals are a lot faster than words. <laughs> <laughs> so when yep. you're out there looking at this kind of stuff, the bottom line is if you don't explain exactly why it is or isn't a Sasquatch, the same way we had to do with that whole BFRO report, you know, the, the snow covered snow, or the, the, the tracks were covered in snow. And uh, yeah, they're covered in snow, but if you know how to uh, excavate snow, you will get down to exactly the print and you will see the actual print at the bottom of the snow. It's amazing, not really. Yeah, but I'll, I'll bet the guy that said those were the best prints ever didn't actually know you could do that. Yeah, and he didn't do that because we had to do that. But the key part is we can we show you this in this next video I'm working on is how you can tell and how to do it. That is beneficial to anybody looking for any animal out in the bloody bush, especially if it's under a foot of snow. Now, this is what pissed us most off about this was the declaration claim that these are the best trackways of 2020. 
in a six inches to a foot or knee deep of snow. If that was true, which we were hoping it was going to be true, we could have followed it for miles. Not only that, we could have followed them from where they came from and where they went and where they bedded down, which would have gave us a whole bunch of other great questions. Why here? Why bed down here? Why hang around this area? Why come from this location? Now, that's all out the window. So all yeah. we have now is we. what do we do with all the other BFRO uh, reports we've got? Because I, I, I'm doing up on the video, I'm just about finished now, hopefully. Uh, we show all of our pins on uh, Google Pro map of all the big, Bigfoot encounters in our whole region. And then when I show the second picture is all the BFRO reports removed off it, which now makes everything in regards to the data that we were we believe to be what they were representing from BFRO that this has been vetted. None of this has been vetted. How do we know it's been vetted? Well, like Brent says, there are BFRO investigators who are serious about trying to understand what's going on. That's right. We need to go to them and get their notes from their notebooks. Hopefully they're disciplined enough to have notes and notebooks of their own that they put into the reports for BFRO that then got filtered and translated. Right. We need to talk to them about what was really done in that investigation. Well, and I think that's the key part. You have to now, now we have to go back and actually interview all these people again. Yeah. That's the problem. The problem is time, too. We don't have time to go back. The good thing is I know some of the BFRO people who did the reports. And I, uh, and I, uh, like I said, it's not those ones I'm talking about. I'm talking about just for the flippantness of putting up a post saying these are the best tracks 2020, eight foot stride. <laughs> Like, really? Okay. <laughs> stride slash step, depending on which uh, source online you check for his narrative. And the bottom line is none of it was eight foot steps. It's your typical moose length, 51 to 53 inches in snow. That's usually what your typical step is for a moose. So uh, it will look like Sasquatch because it's in a straight line, but it's double footprint track, or double hoof track uh, markings. Well, I think if the big guy was motivated to move, he could probably reach the eight-foot stride in a hurry. Uh, not, walk. not in knee-deep snow, he can't. And the other thing, too, which was missing on these tracks was Bigfoot, when they walk, or when they, the tracks that we found that are in snow that are actually from Sasquatches, they will always look for foliage so they can cross. When they're walking, they walk across the foliage so it's like a, 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 a snow pad yeah. or a snowshoe. So they don't just walk in the snow. They'll actually start walking on uh, little willows are like this. So when they walk on the willow, the willows will go that way and their step will go this way, which gives them a buffer in the snow so their foot doesn't go that deep. Yeah, and which interferes with your method of recovering the track. I'll say that one more time, Steve. Sorry. Which, which interferes with your method of recovering the track. Uh, yeah, it's, you can still pick it up though, right? Again, yeah. you look, that's, very, that's a very distinct imprint of a tree or willow or small branches with pad. So yeah. that's, that's the key part there. And, uh, and it's not, again, it's not that people aren't intelligent, but I'll tell you, we've been spoon fed for 20 years online narration. Yep. And that has primed our thinking to think, and we've now become allegiance to some of these uh, channels, which makes us go into the sunk cost idea because I am the supporter, or I support so and so, and I support so, and so and I support so. And so. Have you Can't. checked? Yeah. You know, um, 
Yeah. I, I, I I've spent a whole lot of time believing this guy. I I don't want to give that up. Yeah. And I've yeah. told my other friends to join this guy. You know, I, I'm guilty of this. I'm not sitting here saying I'm not not guilty of this because I got sucked mm. into the same thing everyone else. Did. Yeah. But the bottom line, if we don't do something about it, we will be here 50 years from now having the same bloody. We've got the Patterson Giblin film. That's nice. That's 100 years now. Well, I'll tell you, I've already done it for a little over 20 years, and, and it worked. We're still in the same place. Yeah, totally, Steve. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I agree. And, and you guys probably know uh, I'm ready to move the ball down the field 100%, and uh, it's time to do that. And the narrative has been off. Leon, I agree with that. That's and that's sort of in conjunction with some of the things I was saying earlier about the missing 401 and, and shifting the narrative just a little bit changes everything. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up uh, because I'm going to jump right. This debate is about to start, and I can't wait to see what, how that's going to go. I got my popcorn ready. <laughs> Dogs are going wow. nuts. So, yeah, we're... Uh, where is this debate taking place at? Is it going to be on uh, YouTube live or? Yeah, it's on or? YouTube. It's about to go live on the uh, Modern Day <laughs> Debate channel. Um, Modern Day Debate, Missing 411. <clears throat> so, All right. Hey, are you going <clears> to <throat> post it and share it in Squash Talk here? Or? I already did. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, yeah. The All link right. is there in Squash Talk. So. Gotcha. I'll have to yeah. check that out. So. Yeah, nice to meet you. Be to oh, absolutely, you too, Leon, and and you as well, Steve. <clears throat> so absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah I probably won't be up too late tonight because I, I got to make sure I can wake up. I got my yeah, eight month uh, eight month old grandson. He's sleeping in my room right now, so Aww. I get him on I get him on the weekend. So <laughs> so yeah, he wakes up early sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's we'll do, so. we'll do it again real soon, man. We'll. Uh, <laughs> Put together another super panel one night, a general discussion, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for the invite, Pat. Yeah, Liam. absolutely. And, and Pat, you should take this and convert it to MP3 and upload it to your new uh, podcast, radio podcast. I will try and do that. I don't. I'm not sure how to do that. I can do it. I got. The, I got Facebook. all the apps to convert. Yeah, I'll. Yeah. I'll do it for you. Uh, and I'll DLC player is really <laughs> simple. Yeah, I got converter. I got converter apps and everything on my. I got two different ones, so it's, it's right. pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Well, thanks, man. Well, thank you guys. Right, yeah. See you guys. All right. All right. Uh, see you guys. Watch the debate, and there'll be some discussion afterwards at some point. I'm sure. All right. Good night. All right. Good night, Good night guys. <laughs> <laughs>